welcome to the Sports Honchos Radio Show, part of the Go Sports Media Company Radio Network. We're hoping you're here because you've just about had it with everyone and everything else. And you're looking for a pair of good-looking guys to tell it like it is, like it was, and how it should be. Or maybe you've got nothing else to do right now and you just need to waste some time. Either way, you might as well turn it up because it's time for the boys to get in your face, under your skin, over the top, and out of bounds. And now, here are your honchos, Paul Cuthbert and Robert Cuny. Are you ready, Mr. Cuny? I am ready, Mr. Cuthbert. Well, let's go! Oh, yeah! Welcome aboard! Sports Honchos, Thanksgiving Eve, Sportstacular! With yours truly, Mr. Paul Cuthbert here in New York. And everybody say hello to my good buddy down in the great state of Maryland, Mr. Robert Cuny! How are you, my friend? I'm good, and uh, greetings and salutations, everyone. I gotta tell you, something smells different about tonight's show. Oh, wait a minute. We're early. We're getting in an early getaway day, uh, lunchable size Thanksgiving honchos program for our, as a way to say thanks to our thousands, if not millions of fans out there who said, you can't take the night off, even though we're going to be traveling, quote unquote, traveling or getting ready for the Turkey Day extravaganza, which has been reduced by one football game tomorrow. But we're here. We're not taking any time off. We well, are we, here for you. We had to start right, early. Mr. Cuthbert? The, the governors called us. They said we have to do the show early. We do. And we it's not – it. there's no truth to the rumor that we're starting early so we can get more drinking in. <laughs> there's absolutely no truth to that rumor whatsoever. Uh, but if, if you're out there and you're listening and uh, or you're listening to the uh, archives with a, a coldie, well, good for you. Good for you. Hey, Just... you got nothing to do tomorrow. Nothing early anyway. So why not spend some time with this fresh show and then, what, the eight others now? Episode nine now? So you got eight others, eight plus hours to do nothing but listen to us. That'll get you ready to goes... stuff yourself full of turkey. <laughs> and it, the sports honchos goes great with leftovers. It, hey, Leftovers? I, we're, we're the main course, baby. <laughs> Where at least can be the gravy. Hey, and speaking of gravy, how's that for a professional radio segue? I have two. Somebody take the bell away from <laughs> That's the only sound effect I have here. <laughs> Besides my golden pipes, everybody. What uh, do you got for us, pal? I got two. Well, hold Count on a second. Two. Hold on. I know Look, you got I'm a couple old... of turkey stories for us tonight. Because okay. you're a turkey. I am. And I'm a gobble turkey. fucking Wouldn't gobble. you like to be a turkey, too? <laughs> we got to find out. What's what's the Robert Cuny family uh, turkey tradition here? Come on. What are we doing? Uh, well, every, let's see. It's uh, 2020, so my entire life, except for one we won't talk about, I have spent every Thanksgiving uh, with my mom. She makes the whole spread. Uh, we usually have... More people over, but you know, there's something called COVID. Maybe you've heard of it going on. So Say we're having a. Word. I we're thought you were going to get through it. You had to say the word. I, I was. I, I just found out about it today. I didn't know. Um. So we're going to have just my mom and I and and Grace and her daughter Caitlin. It'll be a nice intimate family gathering full of you know people stuffing their faces and watching football. Or not watching football. Whatever. I don't listen. I'll be in a coma 
about at about three thirty. So I don't care what anybody else well, is speaking doing. Speaking of that, house. let me ask you: Are you a yes. Thanksgiving overeater? You could probably take the word Thanksgiving out, and that would probably describe me. Um, but I, you know, I I do indulge. I do overcarb myself mm-hmm. on Thanksgiving, and I, I make no apologies for it. But but I work it off by by vigorously watching football. Excellent. Vigor. I mean, I get up and down from my seat, you know, two or three times during the game. I figure that'll burn off a number of calories. Yeah, and, and you strategically and- put the refrigerator. You start exactly. about feet away so you actually, can get your steps in. <laughs> right. the, the, actually, it's worse than that. The fridge is my TV tray. <laughs> so instead of a TV table, I just lay the fridge out <laughs> and I put my, my tray down on it. If I need anything, I just pop open the fridge. Now, if I need something out of the oven, <laughs> oh, I, get, I get very winded. So there's a TV midway between the living room and the oven so I can take a break, take a load off. And still not missing TV time. I'm constantly in motion, my friend. The pounds just melt right off after tomorrow's orgiastic feast of oh my God. poultry goodness. I can, I can picture it all. There's no doubt about it. No, you can't. Please, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. and Mrs. America, please don't picture that. <laughs> not at all. That is a terribly ugly picture. But it's going to be super yummy. So anyway, that's what we're doing. What's the uh, the Cuthbert Mishpucha doing we're loading up the bus and heading up to Cuomo's house, baby. <laughs> oh, uh, the more the merrier. Maybe you, while you're at it, you can go to Chris Christie's private beach. <laughs> Have a little turkey by the shore, as it were. <laughs> nah, just like everybody else, we're uh, it's all trimmed down. So there will be uh, myself, my wife, my two beautiful children, and um, my uh, my in-laws will be stopping by. And that's it. We usually, when you say, more, we usually have more when, people, but when you say your in-laws are stopping by, are they actually just are they going to come in and join you? Are they just going to well, they're wave not allowed in. Off? They're not allowed in. No, they're just going to wave from the car. You'll yeah. throw them some. Well, turkey. they're not allowed in every year, so it doesn't oh. matter. Well, I don't blame pandemic you. Pandemic or not, they're not allowed in. As far as they're concerned, it's always a pandemic. <laughs> okay, always, I always have something. So, oh, we it's got a water leak. Oh, the toilets like, aren't working. Yeah. Paulie, you, you said it was COVID out. last year. Yeah. <laughs> Every year it's COVID. Every year it's some disease. Don't worry, it'll be COVID next year, oh, Mr. and Mrs. was. You know, I don't think Are that's you... right. You're making fun of the, you know, the COVID I'm, stuff. I'm making fun of your in-laws, not Oh, not okay, the... I'm sorry. It's okay to make fun of in-laws. I know I have I have many of them. <laughs> Hold on. There you go. Uh, are you just to turn it around there? Are you a classic overeater on the giving of thanks? Yeah, well, I'm pr- that's pretty much me every day. Huh. Well, there you go. You know, I have a hard That's... time stopping. Right. You know? So, but no. um, I'm going to, I always try and, no, who am I kidding? <laughs> you, you're going to, you, you usually need a step ladder. Out. You need a step ladder to get to some of the stuff on my plate on Thanksgiving. Nice. So you're like Dagwood. No, well, there's an old reference for you. You've got a sandwich that's four feet high. Yes. You take a, a loaf of bread, you split it in half, and in between you put all the Thanksgiving stuff. Yeah, I've never it, been a, a seconds kind of guy on Thanksgiving. It's all, let's just put it all on the plate so we don't have to get up. Exactly. You, you get up, and then the only time I'm getting up after eating is going to the couch. Why go through the charade yes. of, of taking a plate and – First of all, if, if, if you can see the plate itself, you're doing it wrong. Exactly. Yeah, all it should be a mound of food. Just say, look, I'm not going to bother with seconds. 
Give me firsts and seconds, and if I'm really feeling saucy, thirds right on the plate. And there better be some dessert later, too. Oh, yes, exactly. Wanna, and then so I can just complete the, the complete barrel roll on my right. floor. <laughs> well, that you gotta, and the moaning. You, you know, the, are, you, are you a Thanksgiving Day moaner? <laughs> or Thanksgiving Eve no, moaner? Oh, no, uh, I'm usually so in a coma full. by then. Oh, again, I'm in a coma, so there is no moaning and groaning. Normally, the routine is I'll eat, and then someone in my family will hold a mirror under my nose to make sure that I'm still alive after all that food. And then my, I might wake up in the middle of the night and say, "What? where's all the food? But really, there's no moaning, just snoring. So there you go. There you go, folks. The, gift, look. the, the great gift of snoring yes. that has been exactly. given to all of us. A look it's at the just, Cuthbert and Cuny Thanksgiving tradition. There you go, folks. It's nothing but moaning, snoring, and piles of food. Exactly. And we Which, wish all of you the same. Yes. In whatever order you choose, the moaning, the snoring, the piles of food, you decide. It's your holiday. Take a break from your routines and do one of those three things or all of them in any order you see fit. Now, last question on this before we move into your turkey stories. Are yes. you a big Thanksgiving Eve kind of guy? I mean, does, does Robert Cooney go out and get totally wrecked every Thanksgiving uh, Eve like all the young kids do? Sure. If this was uh, 1997, maybe. Um, no, for me, this day has always been the best day of the year. This thing, as, as my people would say, era of Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving Eve, because there's no work tomorrow, right? That's a day off. And normally with a day off, there's some sort of religious or emotional commitment you have to make. It's a, a holiday maybe involving a church or synagogue or it's a lot more solemn. But tomorrow it's just you're taking the day off so you have plenty of time to eat and watch football or not watch football. But you're off and you're eating and eating some more. So tonight there's no pressure. You're just like tomorrow I got nothing to do, literally nothing to do but stuff myself full of food. So I'm going to go out and – I don't maybe not party anymore, but I other than this show, no responsibilities tonight. None. Fantastic. So normally when this show is over, uh, I would you know hit the sack, uh, the bed of course. I mean not mis be misconstrued. Oh, that's but why tonight, you're not answering my late night yeah, Wednesday text. Exactly tonight though, <laughs> I'm going to stay up an extra fifteen minutes. Wow. How about that? Wow. If the I can, the neighbors will be. They must be excited. The They've already be excited. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, this is this this whole week is, and I never had to travel very far in Thanksgiving, so I've always avoided that that fuster cluck of humanity. Um, so I love this night, you know. It's and then Friday, of course, is Friday and Saturday and Sunday, but the Wednesday before Thanksgiving always my favorite night of the year. There you go, folks. You heard it right here on the Sports Honchos. For no. those of you who didn't know what Rob's favorite night of the year was, now you know. I bet you thought I was going to say my birthday, but you'd be mistaken. It's a real close second, though. Okay. No, I, uh, I thought it was going to be uh, Flag Day. That's what I thought. But... Uh, third. <laughs> then Arbor Day. <laughs> <laughs> All right, buddy. So you got a couple of turkey stories for us. I have a couple of turkey-related items. And then maybe we'll you. talk a little sports. Just a little. After okay. all, this is we're having some fun. It's the holiday. It's Thanksgiving. There's nothing going on anyway. Nothing's nothing going on. Up. People are saying I would be traveling, but I'm stuck at home. So what's on the old internet? All right. So uh, last week we talked about a map 
of the United States and fast food from our friends at Barstool Sports. This week, I have something that was tweeted out a couple weeks ago by Graham Elliott, who used to be on uh, MasterChef. The, The dreaded celebrity chef, Graham Elliott, formerly of MasterChef, who tweeted out a map of the United States with what he considered, and I guess he's an expert, most popular Thanksgiving side dishes. And, you know, it's the usual assortment of mashed potatoes and stuffing and mac and cheese in the South. Uh, Alaska chimes in with hash brown casserole, which I've never had on Thanksgiving. But all I can say is fried potatoes in any shape or fashion, giddy up. Yeah, and make a scene but, for me too. But here's where I have to quibble with old Chef Elliot or the people of Wyoming, uh Indiana, uh, Arkansas, and Hawaii, because three of those states, Wyoming, Arkansas, and Hawaii, said their favorite side dish was gravy. Now, Is that really a side dish? Exactly my point. Thank Thank you. you. Gravy is not – nobody says, what would you like? What would you like with your steak? Uh, Just a bowl of gravy. When you ask for soup – they don't bring you a cauldron of brown gravy and a ladle. That Mashed goes potatoes, on top of the side dish. French fries, mushrooms, right. some but, onions. Right. Not gravy. That's not, not, not gravy. And and Indiana chimes in with deviled eggs. Remind me if, if I ever get an invitation to spend Thanksgiving in the Hoosier state, remind me to give them a polite no effing way because if deviled eggs is the best side dish and the most favorite, I can only imagine the gastrointestinal horrors that await with the other side dishes if deviled eggs is your favorite. Ugh. I can only imagine what the appetizers are. Ugh. The appetizer is a trip to, you know, the hospital. Uh, broccoli casserole comes in on a number of these. Cream corn in Kansas. That says all you need to know about the great state of Kansas. Um, in Utah, perhaps the most boring state in the Union – Apologies to all of our friends who are from Utah. Rolls. <laughs> not, not crescent rolls, just rolls. Hey, uh, the best thing to come out of Utah was the greatest FBI agent that ever lived, and that's Johnny Utah. Well, there you go. But I'll bet you he enjoyed more than just a good buttered roll well, on Thanksgiving. And, uh, you know, Keanu Reeves and Gary Busey in that movie ate quite a lot, actually. Well, well there you go. In the car and point blank. Point break, I should say. With, uh, with On rolls, of course. Um, New Hampshire. Break. Point New Hampshire is a fine state, I'm sure. Uh, they, they, that state said that cranberry sauce was their favorite Thanksgiving side. Uh, that's... That's that's where I have to part company with anybody's Thanksgiving well, there's a, there's spread. There's a rumor going around that uh, the people in New Hampshire they don't have taste buds. Well, they, they must not if they if cranberry with sauce. No taste buds. That's why they move there because they can all live together in New Hampshire <laughs> without taste. I don't know. I, I just I, I don't see many people in my Thanksgiving travels. You know, reaching across the table feverishly grasping at the plate of that congealed red mass known as cranberry sauce. And and I love when, when somebody serves a dish. This is a totally an aside. When someone serves a dish like that and you say, I don't like 
fill in the blank, one of these side dishes. And then the response is not, okay, it's always, well, you've never tried my cranberry sauce, as if somehow that person has reinvented cranberry sauce, as though that person has reinvented sweet potato casserole to make it taste like anything else other than sweet potato casserole. So, But I digress. Uh, Maine side salad. Who, who wants to have Thanksgiving in Maine? Raise your hand for so we can have you know tofu, turkey, kale, and a nice side salad, and then wander outside for some fresh Maine blueberries. As I go through all of my Maine stereotypes, they drive Subarus with kayaks it's even nice, in winter. It's time. a nice town. Leave Maine alone. I'm all right, there. it's, it's a nice big state. Town. It's nice. Here, I'll say that it's big. I like I like the coast. All I know in Maine is what I but learned But I've never from... ordered the side salad up there. I don't... And that usually comes with it. You don't have to order it. Well, all I know about Maine is Crabapple Co. from the show MASH. That's my only frame of reference for the great state of Maine. All right, we can put that one to bed. Are you ready for story number two? We sure are. All of us I are got ready two here words. on the Turkey Honcho Show. The Turkey Honchos. I have two words for you. Turkey Porn. That's yeah. right, everybody. Turkey porn. Let's, let's, you know, anybody who's listened to the show regularly the last few weeks, I, everybody's right now is gasping and, and we're waiting. So go ahead, Mr. Cuny. Let's okay. see what you got. So I, 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 for those that don't know, many, many moons ago, I had a, a homemade uh, podcast from my bedroom that I would upload onto iTunes and like four people listen to it. But I found this story from the Marketplace podcast hosted by... Kai Ristall. And she was interviewing Stephen Dubner, who's the co-author of Freakonomics. Great book, if you haven't read it. And they were talking about Thanksgiving turkeys. And I said, you know, even though this is from 2011, it still rings true today. And it's a really good way to have a nice heartwarming introduction, a heartwarming ease into the Thanksgiving experience. So Dubner is on Ristdale's podcast, and he says because it was their Thanksgiving show. He says Americans will probably eat about 40 million turkeys this month. Seems reasonable. And then he asked the host, of those 40 million birds, do you know how many were the product of artificial insemination? To which the host responds, about 80%. And he says, no, the truth is actually close to 100%. And Dubner goes on to explain why so many. Okay, so he said, though, um, many people say that, you know, you want the, the idea for the turkey producers and manufacturers and whatever they call turkey people is to have large turkey breasts, more surface area for gravy, more white meat, because Americans prefer white meat over dark meat when it comes to their turkeys. So back to the 1950s, traditional turkeys uh, – were starting to be bred with larger and larger breasts, selectively bred, to have lar as large a breast as possible. And this caused a one particular problem, according to uh, Julie Long of the USDA, the United States Department of Agriculture, who said, the modern turkey has quite large breasts, and it actually physically gets in the way when the male and the female try to create offspring. So because they've made these turkeys to be so delicious and have so much white meat, 
it's causing a lot of turkeys to have, frankly, boring Friday and Saturday nights. So uh, the turkey industry was built around artificial insemination because if you can't get turkeys the old-fashioned way, leave it to science. So a team of workers, this is how it works. A team of oh, workers you're not, picks... You're going to get, now, you're gonna hold get on, the script then. Hold on. Uh, Mom and All Dad, right. this, this is the adult portion of the show. Have the kids turn away and make those turkeys where they put their hand on paper and trace them. Uh, okay. A team of workers... Oh, nice music. ...has to pick up each male breeding turkey, the tom, which might weigh as much as 70 pounds. Well, that guy's... He's a big boy. Secure his contribution, as they call it in the trade, bring it to the hen house to inseminate each hen, and then keep in mind, as Dubner says, with such intense consumer demand for turkey, this is not a once-a-year event. Again, Julie Long from the United States Department of Agriculture says, once a week, five to six months a year, you have to go work with the males and then go work with the females in order to produce the meat that goes out for the customers. Now, as yummy as that may sound, there are still some people out there that are cuckoo traditionalists when it comes to turkey. They like their turkeys made the old-fashioned way, you know, with some uh, cheesy uh, disco beat in the background and some handheld cameras. Um, if you like what? your turkeys made the natural way... And you want to serve your family a turkey this Thanksgiving that's the product of natural, old-fashioned turkey reproduction, then there is a brand, a company that makes what's called Heritage Turkeys. Now, would you like to know how much a Heritage Turkey? Mind you, this is a turkey that was made not from artificial insemination. Take a guess at how much a Heritage Turkey cost you. $50. This was 10 years ago, and it was between, wait for it, if only we had the prices right music, between $150 and $200 for a turkey that was not the product of artificial insemination. Do, 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 do. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. So when you're enjoying your turkey, don't ask how much it costs because you might not – you might have ham next year. And as I understand it, I believe pigs are still bred the old-fashioned way. So there you go. Happy Thanksgiving, friends. Excellent. There's, there you go, folks. A little poultry honchos for you. Yep, now you, now sure. you know. Just grab, get your knives, get your forks. Disregard everything that Rob just said and just go to town. Like I said, back. when you're having your Thanksgiving dinner, please don't ask the host or the hostess, hey, how much does turkey cost? <laughs> this is a hair. In fact, actually, you should, hey, is this a heritage bird? And then when someone says, looks at you, what's a heritage bird? Just explain to them what I just explained to you, and you'll never be invited back again. So if you're looking for a way out of your family Thanksgiving, once and for all, oh, heritage birds. Tell them you heard it on the sports honchos. The sports honchos, ladies. Speaking of sports. Oh, are we talking sports? Let's talk some sports there, buddy, right here on the sports honchos. God <laughs> damn it. So what's going on? Is there any, I mean, um, is there any games being played? Is anybody everybody healthy? Anybody uh, negative? Is there any game? Nobody, so we have a game. We have a football game tomorrow. You, you're telling me? We got three games tomorrow. Well, we had three what, games. Three? Oh boy! Two. The Ravens and Steelers have been. Do postponed they all have to more Sunday. than five wins? Hey man, the Steelers Ravens game is like 16 wins combined. But the, look, football, college football, everybody's sick. Nick Saban is sick again, and I thought after you got COVID the first time, you don't can't get it again. 
Who knows? That's what the big guy said. But, you know, college basketball started tonight and a lot of games were played, but there's hand wringing and teeth gnashing about do we have the season? Do we delay the season? March Madness, Rick Patino of Iona, which is still weird to say, says it should be May Madness. And we can get into all that stuff. Okay. But really, the, the big news, the big, the big in this, again, lunchable portion of today's honchos, there's really two things to talk about. And I'll, I'll let you choose. You want to talk about the NHL and potentially not having a season next year or the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame ballot, which just came out. Well, let's start with hockey because it's not going to really take that long, to be honest. With you. All right. So I know you've been following this intensely, judging from what you've been tweeting out lately. So what's going on? I know that um, if I'm reading this correctly, the, uh, the ECHL – the ECHL North Division, the entire division, has opted out for this coming season? Yeah, I mean, there's there's all kinds of so what's different... Uh, look, you know, no disrespect to the ECHL and, um, you know, it's, it's, it's the big game. It's the NHL, right? Um, I'm very passive about this right now because, this, you know, it's out of our hands. You know, we talked about this a little bit last week as far as the money, and that's basically where it's at, you know. But, you know, there's a lot of people that would turn to the players and say, hey, look, man, you, you got to play. Uh, the money will work out one way or the other. Well, what's uh, the sticking point? What's the issue here? Well, that's, it's the escrow, that's... and it's the deferment, you know. So hmm. the basically they made a deal uh, with the return to play back in the summer, and they made an agreement with the owners. Then the owners realized how much money they're losing and not going to make. So they said, eh. Guys, can you guys wait a little longer to get paid? You know, and the players got upset, which they rightfully so, after you've mm-hmm. agreed to one thing and then you're getting offered another. But that's just the – it's the first shot over the bow. I mean, this is big money. I, I've said this before. I, I don't know how they're they're going to do it. You know, we joked about the re- reverse retro jerseys. they they got to make some money, you know. You know, as selfish sports fans, we want them to play. We, we want a league. We want a – we want, I don't care if they start in February and March, but the thing is, is that if this goes beyond, you know, they got to get training camps going here in December. Right. You know, and, and they got to get rolling. So you're talking, they're definitely not starting January 1. So you figure if you get things going January, middle of January, and then hopefully they can get, um, you know, a 48-game season in here. They, they talked about 60 games. I don't see how it's going to happen. Because right. I think the other thing uh, they want to, try and start thinking about two. The NBA is thinking that way too. If they can hopefully get back to a normal schedule next year. So they want to wrap things up in July. So it's going to be compact. They're going to try and run it the same way the uh, MLB did. You know, you got the, um, you got the border issues with Canada. So it seems as far as divisions and, and how to make it work, all that stuff has worked out. It's really just going to come back to the players coming back saying, all right, we'll wait on our money. And and we'll play, and that's it. Yeah, the one thing that I that was struck me is I know the Raptors are going to play at least part of their uh, schedule in Tampa because season, of the the border crossing, right? The, the whole season. The NHL obviously has more than just one team in Canada. So what's the plan? They obviously are not going to have a bubble. Are they going to do the the Bettman Pod system where they put a bunch of teams in Canada? 
But I, but I guess they can't because they can't. The border thing goes both ways. So what are they going to do? They're not going to move all no, the Canadian teams to, to the United they, States. They, they wanted to keep the teams be able to have their games in their buildings. But mm-hmm. so Canada has all their Canadian teams up there. They'll just play each other. But what they're talking about is like going in for a two or three game series. Mm-hmm. You know, so the Rangers and Islanders out here might play each other. You know, two to three games. Then they'll play the Caps for two to three games. Then they'll play. Mm-hmm the Flyers, and so on and so on. And the same thing will happen out in the West and obviously up north in, in Canada. I don't think there's going to be any problems with the logistics of making this work, okay? There's no right. concerts. They have no conflicts. These buildings are empty. So as far as, you know, quarantining and, and letting these guys either hang out at a hotel, usually all, usually, all these arenas have hotels next to them. So they just keep the players in there. They do their testing. They play the games. Boom, and then they head on back out. And, you know, they keep the teams together. They keep the personnel together. Um, all the marketing, the all the administration and everything else can be done at home, remote offices. So that's not the issue. I don't think that's the issue. And I'm sure they've already got this plan in place. They were probably working on this, and I've said this before too, they were probably working on this in the tournament during the summer because they knew what to, to look ahead about. So it's just the money right now. I think the players, like I said, they just, you know, it's it's a crazy time for both sides. I mean, the NHL is not genning any revenue. They don't make the TV money that anybody else does. So they're losing all kinds of money. And most of the NHL owners or the buildings also, you know, they have a basketball issue. They're not getting yeah. fans there either. But it's tough because, you know, NBA guys are making a hell of a lot more than hockey players. Right. And some of the contracts. And guaranteed. Are, yeah, and some of the contracts that have just been released, too. I mean, if you're an NHL guy, you're like, oh, my God. So if they don't get this season in, right, or th- th- there's a lot of also future ramifications for guys who are, like, entry-level players or guys who are making around seven, eight $800,000 a year, this this is going to affect their career down the road. The guys who have the six, seven, 10-year deals, locked in, money, and all that stuff, they don't have to worry about that so much. They'll eventually get paid. You know, they're set. They signed the deal. They got the long-term contracts. But the rest of these guys, um, the breakdown of the financials of it is is really tough. So I, I, I ultimately believe that they're going to, the players are going to come back. They'll make some kind of deal. It'll work out. Um, and if they do cancel the season, I'll be like, all right, I get it. I'll be surprised, but, you know, the, cl- the further we get away, if they don't have an announcement, last I'm rambling along here. This is what I've heard. They have to have something, an announcement in place by November 30th, the end of next week. So we will well, know by the end of next week. That's Monday. Yeah. Yeah. So. So but it is the nightmare scenario, though, because we're not even at the point where we're talking about fans. I mean, fans are at the outdoor arenas because they're outside. College basketball right now, I don't believe, has their fans in the buildings, not on college campuses. If the NHL goes a year where they can't even get 50% capacity, let alone full capacity, then are we looking at coming into the 2021-22 season the same issue except now the purse strings are going to be even tighter because the revenues were down at least 50%. Again, they, there's no TV revenue. Well, there is some TV revenue, but not like the NBA, not like the NHL, uh, NFL, not like Major League Baseball. So if they go fanless – and all that revenue is gone, the players are already going to accept less money or more deferred money, however you want to look at it. This coming season, what happens next season? 
without fans? Are we looking at this again, except no. closer to I think closer I, to the the nuclear option? <laughs> look, I, I you know from players and a ownership side, I totally get shutting down. They've done it before. They've had lockouts. They've had you know. You know, all that stuff. They they can they can skip a year. It's not the end of the world, to be honest no. with you. Um, there's there's not going to be any fans here in the winter and stuff. I I I my feeling is, I think the country will be beginning to get back to normal by uh, summer. So, and I think we might be having people in the building next fall, which um, would be great. But yes. I mean, just talking this coming season. I mean. No, there's not going to be a – yeah, I'm with you. I mean, look, the next six months, no. There's nothing happening. I right. just don't see it happening. And basically, we're going to sit back and see what happens over the next month here in December. If the United States can get through December and the cases somehow take a turn because now you finally have other governors putting you know um, mandates in for masks and everything else because it's getting out of hand, and then we'll just have to see and see what happens. But it's a wait and see. But what I want to say is, is that – uh, I get it if the owners and the players don't want to play and it doesn't make any sense. There's no reason to be in business if you're not going to make money. As a sports right. fan, I'm going to be crushed and I'll be selfish about it because I want them to play. You know, we, we want to have yeah. something to, to watch because, you know, if if we're potentially going to be ending up going back into lockdowns here and quarantines and everything else, you know, this is the psyche of the whole thing. So we'll have to see, Rob, right. you know. This will be an interesting work stoppage. Let's just say, sake of argument, they decide to shut it down. This will be a work stoppage where people will not be taking sides saying rich owners, greedy or rich players, greedy owners. It's we've come out together arm in arm, players and owners, and said, look, if we want to have a league going forward, a viable league that makes money and pays players and puts a good product on the ice – Maybe we got to shut it down for a year because otherwise we're just losing money, which is going to have a ripple effect going forward. It's not a strike. It's not a lockout. It's not players saying we need more money. Your owner's saying we can't afford to pay you. It's, again, something this country has to embrace, short-term pain for long-term gain. It would suck not having a hockey season. I agree. But if it means losing one hockey season means another thousand seasons, these are different times. And I think people would support that and the fans would come back and you wouldn't have media backlash again because it wouldn't be a fight between allegedly greedy owners and allegedly rich and petulant players. It's we're trying to save the sport. Not that I'm saying that should happen, but one of those lockouts where people would go, you know, maybe that's not such a such a bad idea, given the economic realities that the NHL finds itself in without the big TV dollars and without Doc Emmerich, by the way. It's almost like, why have a hockey season if he don't have Doc Emmerich? We'll, we'll be okay, and Doc will be okay, too. All right? There's he sure will be. Plenty of qualified guys out there. So we'll see what happens, man. That's all we can do. It's yep. all speculation. We cross our fingers. We're going to eat some turkey this weekend. Hopefully, yep. Monday, Tuesday, next week, the NHL makes an announcement. I'm leaning towards the fact that they will have a season one way or the other, um, and um, and we just kind of kind of go from there. So uh, it is fingers what it is. Crossed. But it's, it's definitely money, crossed. and it's yep. it's got to be tough. I mean, look, there's – Here's me and you talking sports, and there is a there is a percentage of the population of America that's actually just hanging in here, and it's okay, and we can we can ride this out for six, seven months. And I got a job, you got a job, you're making money, I'm making money, and then there's just just this huge swath of the country right now. In another month, their money's running out. In another month, the evictions go in. 
in another couple of months, the mortgage deferments, there's a whole ton of shit coming this way for this country right now. And sports is really just not going to be, you know, an issue. And that's just going to be something, like I said, we're going to have to plow through. I think on an entertainment side of things, yeah, we'd love to see the sport get back on and, and all the sports like the NBA and all that other stuff. So we'll see what happens. I mean, it'll be interesting because the NBA is going to start first. And can you imagine that rollover if the NHL does say they're coming back, they're in training camp, and meanwhile the NBA starts, and in the heat of this time right now with all the cases going up, and football and and, and uh, college football and everywhere else, and what if the NBA starts getting canceling games? It becomes a nightmare, you know? So it's all this unknown stuff that we have no idea. But well, I know one thing. You do. I know one thing, Mr. Cuthbert. No we matter know. what. We'll be here Wednesday nights. We will. Most times in our usual 745, sometimes we'll start early if the spirit moves us. there are other countries in this world that have worked together, united as a country. And, like, we can talk about Swedish hockey and uh, Korean and Taiwan baseball. And, and, uh, you know, so there's loads of sports internationally that we can talk about in the countries that have worked together. We can talk about uh, the international aspects of turkey porn and penis talk. It'll be great. Yes. I mean, we got to find well, out on. what they're watching in New Zealand. Right. There's okay. a treasure trove of stuff to talk about. And there will always be a dope of the week. Yes. Which we'll so, have today. We will even have even, in a, sh- even before, in a shorter show. But before that. Um, yes, sir. Let's talk about these Hall of Famers for the uh, Major League of Baseball. All right, so the Major League Baseball ballot, the Hall of Fame ballot for 2021 came out. And, you know, I'm looking at the list now, the first-timers. It, it's not exactly a list of players that are going to knock your socks off. I mean, you know, Mark Nick Burley. Nick Swisher, baby! <laughs> Nick Swisher. Great Get him name. in there! Barry Zito. Well, I thought I thought that was a dish, you know, with Parmesan cheese and noodles. Um, but I bring it up because Barry Bonds and Clemens – are on the this is the second to last year of their eligibility last year they both got 60 percent of the vote and this is not a should they be in or shouldn't they be in but i think what this is as i look at the names the non-first timers this might be if if at any point the voters are moved to to finally take you know the shackles off and say fine you guys can get into the hall of fame this might be the year because the competition the players they're up against even the non-first timers it's not exactly a, a pantheon of all timers. I mean, let me just—if we just go back to 2015, here are the players that 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 got in that beat out Bonds and Clemens. You had you know, 2015: Randy Johnson, Pedro Martinez, John Smoltz, Craig Biggio. 2016: Griffey Jr., Mike Piazza. 2017: Bagwell, Rock Reigns, Yvonne Rodriguez. 2018: Chipper Jones, Vlad Guerrero, Jim Tomey, uh, Trevor Hoffman. Last year, uh, Rivera, Edgar Martinez, Halliday, Mucina. I'm sorry, 2019. Last year, you had Jita. Jita, I mean, baby. You know, and, and I'm forgetting one other the other person it's that okay, went with Rob. him. It's okay, Rob. It's okay. You're doing a hell of a job. But the point is, those guys are all timers. So it's easy to say, eh, eh, Bonds and Clemens, you can wait. These guys are more deserving. And, and last time we checked, they probably weren't cheating. You know, the voters only get to put 10 names on their ballots and you get 10 years of eligibility. Then you go off to the veterans committee, which is, you know, for people that are picked last on the schoolyard. Um, but I'm looking at, I mean, uh, just the, of the names that are left 
not named Bonds and Clemens. I mean, Schilling, I think it's time to say to Schilling, we've punished you long enough for being a a complete moron off the field. Yeah, uh, you're, there's a nine-year waiting period for players that are cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs after their playing career ended, and, and this would be your ninth year on the ballot. Um, Omar Vizquel, although he has six more years, Billy Wagner, Todd Helton, Jeff Kent, Andy Pettit, of all these guys, not named Schilling, I think you can make the best case for. Besides just his regular season, the man, as you know, as the king of the Yankee fans, if you put him on the mound in the postseason, you can just pencil in the W. And if you can get from Pettit to Rivera, the other team might as well not show up. Championship formula right there. Championship yeah. formula. So that is – oh, that was the other one last year. Rivera, what am I – how could I forget? It's okay, bud. It's first okay. uh, first unanimous player ever selected, which is bizarre to me. But that's that's what? a summertime argument. Oh. No, no, no. Not that he was the – not that he got unanimous – that he was the first. Oh, okay. That no one had ever been unanimous before. No, no, there's no doubt that if you leave him off your ballot, you're just a disgruntled fan of any of the teams that Rivera beat in the postseason. But I'm saying, yeah, my point is, why was he the first? Why? What happened to all the other players? But yeah, I thought so, Dave Kingman or Ed, Ed Cranepool would have been. <laughs> well, sir, <laughs> did you for the stop? <laughs> hey, don't make fun of the Grand Orange. Um, in the expansion team's Hall of Fame. So, uh, I mean, you can make a case for those guys. But I think if we're going to see them break through, this might be the year. And, I mean, you can argue that the tip of the cap to the steroid era with, you know, Bagwell, Biggio. I hate to say it because it makes my Met fan friends uncomfortable. But, you know, there were rumors about Mikey P., I love Mike Piazza. I hope, you know, that none of them are true and he deserves a deserving Hall of Famer. But maybe they said, look, we'll take the guys that there was hints and rumors and allegations about, but the ones that just blatantly cheated. No Rafael Palmeiro's here, my friends. Clements and Bonds are going to have to wait. And look, if they never get in, I'm okay with that. But this might be the year where you're like, well, I can't put, you know, Bobby Abreu in the Hall of Fame and say no to Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens. Yes, Bobby Abreu is on this list. I mean, I can't put Shane Victorino in the Hall of Fame and not put Roger Clemens. Michael Kadire is on this list. I mean, I guess all you have to do is play baseball and you get on the ballot for the first time. So we'll see. It'll be interesting um, when the results come out if this is the year for them. Because I think, and that, again, that's more so because there's nothing else going on. Yeah, so I mean, everybody just, will be on the edge of their seats this year on whether or not Clemens or Bonds will get in. It's a lot of meh. I mean, uh, just the guys I read off from the last five or as, six as years. They those will are be exciting. Sitting in the living rooms of their multi-million-dollar mansions, waiting to see if they will get selected for the. Oh, I forgot. This is also Sosa's ninth year on the ballot. Good luck to him. I don't know, I'd man. like to, I'd like to see well I'll tell you what I let's let's funny, make this simple let's make this simple let's make this simple yes. Clemens Bond Sosa are you putting them in are you voting for chance. them nope. not a chance no nope. we'll see ladies and gentlemen in America Rob Cuny is one of the most decent human beings you'll ever meet he's straight he's up front he's to the toe he's you know there's no messing about him you know so if Rob says they shouldn't get in 
they don't get in. That's it. But now that I've said that, they'll probably get in with like 99% of the vote. No, for, no. Because people are like, there's nobody else. So congratulations. You're a Hall of Famer. There you go. Ladies and gentlemen, this just over the word, over the phones, <laughs> over the air, over the lines. All right, Bonds, Clemens, <laughs> and Sosa. <laughs> they have all decided we don't want to be in the And it Hall all happened <laughs> November 26th after the Sports Turkey's Honcho Show on the they 25th. Should, the, the Hall of Fame should say to them, okay, uh, we, you've, you've been elected. You got on 75% plus of the ballots. Just I'll tell you what. Just admit it. Admit you did steroids. Admit you cheated and you're in. Why not? I cheated on my Spanish regents in high school. Oh, there you go. They're not coming to take away your diploma, I hope. No, I got my regents diploma. (laughs) Cheating on tests. How un-American. Actually, it's very American. Uh, You know, back in 87 when you couldn't get somebody to text the answers to, you know? No. You had to cheat the old-fashioned way. You had to write down the answers on your arm or, you know. (laughs) Good old days. Have a have a maybe you can. Maybe you, there was no banging of trash cans in the dugout back in '87. I can tell you that. And that was there was, but there was stuff on the cap. There was stuff in the gloves. Exactly. Stuff on right. the ankles. <laughs> Different times. Different times. Good times. Good times. All right, pal. Well, this uh, special um, Thanksgiving Eve sportstacular is winding down, and before we say goodbye, it's time. Oh! Dude. All right, I say it every week. You know this works. The gags gang and I spend countless, countless hours, even on Thanksgiving week, in the basement of the Ghost Sports Media Complex to come up with each week's winner. You can, for absolutely no reward, save for my hour undying respect and gratitude, help pilot the show by nominating a dope of the week. Use the hashtag DOTW on Twitter at Cuthbert Live at Bitterness and Rage at Sports Honchos. And who this week? We'll be carrying the mythical Sports Honchos Dope of the Week Cup around the ice rink of shame. Today's, or this week's Dope of the Week, and this person is still very much alive, unlike last week's winner. The Sports Honchos Dope of the Week is Bronco Mendenhall, head coach of the University of Virginia football team. Bronco! Coach! Way to go, and coach! Before I tell you why it's the Dope of the Week, let me just say, when you're a football coach and your name is Bronco... That's yeah. a fantastic name. His name is Mark Bronco Clay Mendenhall. His kids, Breaker, Raider, and Cutter. No Mendenhall. way. That's real? Way. That's real. That's Breaker, real? Breaker, Raider, and Cutter. Not why he's the dope of the week, but parent oh. of the year, certainly. You might not have changed. I think that's pretty awesome, you know. Uh, those names, he should be the uh, the cool guy of the week, huh? I, I do. Well, if we had that award, that's for a, a different show that I'm on. Shh, don't tell anybody. Okay, so let's get right to biz notch here. All right, Monday or Monday, last Saturday, uh, University of Virginia played football powerhouse, Abilene Christian University. Insert your own jokes there. Uh, UVA is leading Abilene Christian 49 to 13. Close one. There is a minute, 25 seconds left. In the first UVA quarter. has the ball. No, now that would be funny. Left in the game, they are on their own three-yard line. So they're backed up. The quarterback's taking the snap in the end zone on this one. Good time 
for to run a vanilla running play like a fullback dive or a draw play or an end around, just some play to run the clock out and say to Abilene Christian, you got your $500,000 payday or whatever it is, see you later. Inexplicably, with a minute 25 and up by 36 points on your own three-yard line, UVA pulls a trick play, a double pass involving, I believe, people that normally don't actually move the ball, like offensive linemen. And, of course, the play results in a safety. So now it's Abilene is now down 49 to 15. They get the ball in true college spirit. God bless the Abilene Christian University School. Uh, they keep playing like they have a chance to win. So seven seconds left. ACU has the ball in the UVA 16-yard line, and quarterback Peyton Mansell throws an interception that has returned 84 yards oh. for a UVA touchdown. Game over. Final score, 55-15. Okay. So who cares, right? Uh, well, I'll tell you who cared. Gamblers cared because Abilene Christian University was getting 39 and a half points and lost by 40. So if you had Abilene Christian plus 39 and a half, you lost, as the great Warner Wolf said. Yes, bring back Warner. So why is Mendenhall the dope of the week? Well, well, because this was... Rob, why is Bronco? Bronco, Coach Bronco, why is he the dope of the week? Well, here was his explanation as to why the trick play in his own end zone. He said, uh, Robert, and I can't pronounce the, his offensive coordinator's last name is A-N-A-E. <laughs> so I'll just call him Robert. Robert, last name unpronounceable, was off a line. He called the wrong play at the end. Virginia coach Bronco Mendenhall said, this is from uh, the New York Post, your favorite newspaper. We were trying to run out the clock, and we end up getting a double pass called of our own end zone. It's a complete accident. It shows you what being off one line can do, maybe in your life, but also in a football game where you can go from running out the clock to a double pass. Interesting from old coach Mendenhall. So this raises two questions. One, why are the fullback dive, which I think was the play he wanted to call, and the double pass plays in the same section of your play chart? Two, and more importantly, number two, why do you need a play chart to tell you to run the clock out leading by 36 points, a minute 25 <laughs> left in the game, and you're on your own three-yard line? Do you mean to tell me in that situation he's got the play chart in front of him looking at it like it's the Magna Carta and trying to figure out what do we run here, you would think he would just say to his quarterback, just hand the ball to the running back and don't get a safety. Well, then because you're, you're obviously not familiar with the great Aberdeen comeback of 1943. <laughs> Aberdeen's a whole different school. So, my friends, Bronco Mendenhall, for being way too reliant on your play chart like some kind of a football binky, and for killing Thanksgiving for countless gamblers across the world, it's the bad beat of all bad beats, friendos. You, Bronco Mendenhall, are the sports honcho's dope of the week. Congratulations, oh. Bronco. Your certificate, as always, is in the Now, I can only imagine what Thanksgiving's like around Bronco's dinner table with Raider and Breaker. And what's the other kid's name? And Cutter. Cutter. Yeah. Especially if someone who comes over to Thanksgiving said, hey, man, I had Abilene Christian plus 39 and a half. What were you doing? You cost me money. And you know what they say. Bet with your head, 
not over it. As Furio said in the, in the great show The Sopranos, bet with your head, no over it. Uh, that's a show that was ahead of its time, huh? It sure was. You wouldn't call Furio the dope of the week unless you wanted to find your head detached from your body. <laughs> he had great hair, man. He did have great hair. And again, I'm someone who should know all about great hair. You know, and he had, an hey there. He had, he had a thing for Mrs. Soprano, too. You know. Who didn't? <laughs> who didn't have a thing for You know, Easy she's Fel. a nurse now. Nurse Jackie. I've yeah. heard that. <laughs> the good old days, man. Indeed. All good stuff. Well, pal. We're doing a yes, quick sir. one in and out here. It's Thanksgiving Eve. Me and you are yep. catching a plane to South Dakota so we can have a few drinks until 4 or 5 in the morning. It's the only place in the country where there's no mandates, I believe. South, Sounds good. South Dakota. So you I'll, can hang out with the heads at Mount Rushmore. <laughs> no, that place is uh, it's contaminated now. It was a big event there a few months ago. <laughs> right before Sturgis. <laughs> I believe I believe mashed potatoes. If we're if you're wondering, was the number one side dish choice of South Dakotans. So you make good times. Them tomorrow. That's my tradition. I do with the kids every year. We watch the uh, Thanksgiving Day Parade, which is back this year. Yeah, and we peel and uh, mashed potatoes tomorrow morning. That's Sounds what I'm good. doing, buddy. I'll save you some skins. Thank you. Yeah, I see what I you did. I used to there. be the name of your old football team. I hey! see what you did there. <laughs> you're done. All right, from myself, Paulie, we wish everybody a happy and healthy, safe Thanksgiving with the four to six guests you're allowed to have over. And uh, just enjoy yourself, folks, and uh, have a great weekend with friends and family, and just remember what it's all about. And, uh, Rob, please, uh, you know, please take a moment yourself to to wish our fan base a happy Thanksgiving. Hey, fan base, it's the week that you just forget about your troubles and work and all the stresses in life. Enjoy some turkey. Enjoy the mishpucha. Enjoy the football. Do whatever you want. Have some fun. Be safe. Love each other. Give your friends and your loved ones and your enemies. Give them a nice hug and say, you know what? Let's just stop all the Michigas for a couple days and just focus on each other. Uh, We appreciate you. We are thankful not to get too cheesy that you guys are listening. And if you do happen to subscribe to something on something like iTunes, rate us, review us, leave some comments, help us out. We know you're out there listening. We know you like the show. Tell a few people. We do appreciate it. Um, We're not doing this if it wasn't for you. So thank you. Be safe. Enjoy your Thanksgiving. And we'll be back next week with a normal-sized show. Are you done yet? I'm sorry. I'm done. (laughs) In fact, it is next week now. It's already next Wednesday. Welcome to the Sports Honchos, December 2nd. Oh, my God. Good stuff. All right. As always, say toodaloos to the folks there, Rob. Toodaloos to the folks. See you next week. Stay cool, everybody. Hug a honcho.